जय ओम विष्णुपाद परमहंस परिव्राज कचार्य अष्टोत्तर अष्टोत्तर एसी भक्ति प्रांत स्वामी श्रील उपाध की अनंत गौतम वैष्णव वृंद की ऑल ग्लोरीज All glories to assemble devotees. All glories to assemble devotees. All glories to Shishi Guru and Gauranga. All glories to Srila Prabhupada. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Ajnana Timarandasya Janajana Shalakaya Chakshulumitam Jena Tasmai Shri Guruve Namaha I was born in the darkest ignorance and my spiritual master opened my eyes with the torch of knowledge. I offer my respectful obeisances unto him. Shri Chaitanya Manovistam Sapitam Janabhutale Swayam Rupa Kadamayam Tadatitswapadantikam When will Srila Rupa Goswami, who was established within this material world, the mission to fulfill the desire of Lord Chaitanya, give me shelter under his lotus feet? 
I offer my respectful obeisances unto the Vaishnav devotees of the Lord. They are just like desire trees and can fulfill the desires of everyone. And they are full of compassion for the fallen conditioned souls. Jai Shri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhu Nityananda Shri Advaita Gadadhar Shri Vasadi Gaurabhaktavrinda I offer my respectful obeisances unto Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, Lord Nityananda, Sri Advaita, Gadadhar Pandit, Sri Vasthakur, and all the devotees of Lord Chaitanya. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. I pray that Sri Sri Radha Kalachanji, Srila Prabhupada, and Srila Gurudev Use me as an instrument so that their message can flow through me to give me the words to serve the Vaishnavas listening. Today is Tuesday, May 3rd, 2022, and I am Jay Sri Radha Dasi. We are reading from Srimad, Can- Srimad Bhagavatam Canto 1, Creation, Chapter 15, The Pandavas Retire Timely, Text 20. Soham Nirpendra Rati Rahita Purushottamena Sakya Priyena Shrita Ridhayana Shunye Advani Urukrama Parigraham Angarakshan Gopair Asadpir Abha Leva Vinir Chitosmi Sa That Aham Myself Nirpa Indra, O Emperor, Rahita, bereft of, Purusha Uttamena, by the Supreme Lord, Sakya, by my friend, Brianna, by my dearmost, Shurdha, by the well-wisher, Ridayena, by the heart and soul, Shunya, vacant, Advani, recently, Urukrama Parigraham, the wives of the all-powerful, Anga, bodies, Rakshan, while protecting, Gopai, by the cowherds, Asadbi, by the infidels, Avala, Eva, like a weak woman, Vinajita Asmi, I have been defeated. Translation and purport by His Divine Grace, A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami Srila Prabhupada. O Emperor, now I am separated from my friend and dear most well-wisher, the Supreme Personality of Godhead, and therefore my heart appears to be void of everything. In his absence, I have been defeated by a number of infidel cowherd men while I was guarding the bodies of all the wives of Krishna. Purport. The important point in this verse is how it was possible that Arjuna could be defeated by a gang of ignoble cowherd men, and how such mundane cowherd men could touch the bodies of the wives of Lord Krishna, who are under the protection of Arjuna. Srila Vishwavatna Chakravati Thakur has justified the contradiction by research in the Vishnu Purana and Brahma Purana. In these Puranas, it is said that once the fair denizens of heaven pleased Astavakra Muni by their service and were blessed by the Muni to have the Supreme Lord as their husband, Astavakra Muni was curved in eight joints of his body, and thus he used to move in a peculiar curved manner. The daughters of the demigods could not check their laughter upon seeing the movements of the Muni, 
And the Muni, being angry at them, cursed them that they would be kidnapped by rogues, even if they would get the Lord as their husband. Later on, the girls again satisfied the Muni by their prayers, and the Muni blessed them that they would regain their husband, even after being robbed by the rogues. So in order to keep the words of the great Muni, the Lord himself kidnapped his wives from the protection of Arjuna. Otherwise, they would have at once vanished from the scene as soon as they were touched by the rogues. Besides that, some of the gopis who prayed to become wives of the Lord returned to their respective positions after the desire was fulfilled. After the departure of Lord Krishna, he wanted all his entourage back to Godhead, and they were called back under different conditions only. So today's verse is very interesting. I'll read it again. O Emperor, now I am separated from my friend and dear most well-wisher, the Supreme Personality of Godhead, and therefore my heart appears to be void of everything. In his absence, I have been defeated by a number of infidel cowherd men while I was guarding the bodies of all the wives of Krishna. Arjuna here is saying that, you know, he is a big, strong warrior, and yet he was defeated by some untrained you know, cowherd men that just were able to defeat him. And Prabhupada in the purport shows us how this is possible because it does seem pretty impossible that, you know, some cowherd men can defeat the great warrior Arjuna. And everything that we see in scripture that's played out in the material world, there's so many layers behind it. And we, we could never understand all the layers behind everything and the reasons behind everything and this were enlightened that even the wives were blessed to become wives of Krishna but then they were also cursed to be kidnapped and then blessed to be reunited. And so in order to make all of this happen, Krishna lets these pastimes play out. And we hear this time and time again that everything happens for a reason. And sometimes that's hard to hear when we're going through something challenging. You know, if, um, if Yudhishthira or whoever he's talking to in this moment, Arjuna said to him, Oh, well, everything happens for a reason. Don't worry. I mean, I don't think that would do much to reassure Arjuna in that moment. Um, at least I know for certain whenever I'm going through something and someone says that to me, it, it doesn't reassure me. It reassures me when I come to that conclusion on my own. So, you know, if something challenging is happening um, and I'm like, why is this happening? And I can vent. And, and then finally I start to understand that, oh, there's a bigger reason behind it. You know, sometimes we don't even see the reason behind it until many years later, many months later, many days later. Um, or sometimes we never see the reason behind it. There's a um, famous speech by Steve Jobs that he gave like at a commencement ceremony, graduation commencement ceremony. And he talks about if you look back at your lives, there's these instances that happen, these, you know, these dots in the times of, in your time of life. And you can't really connect the dots until you look back to see that because this happened, then this happened, then this happened. So we can see that time and time again that we we don't see the plan laid out before us until it's behind us. And even then sometimes we don't see it. But if we realize that, as Arjuna points out, that Krishna is our friend and our well-wisher, 
at all times, then we can have faith that he will always be taking care of us, even when we're going through something challenging. And he also points out that even though he's this big, strong warrior, he's been defeated. Because without Krishna, Arjuna felt void, weak, and powerless. And actually, that's that's the position that we're in. You know, Krishna is always here. Krishna is always in our heart. He's always with us. But until we acknowledge that fact, we feel void. We feel weak. We feel powerless. And so sometimes to feel that power, we do so many things. Like we try to be the controller. We try to take charge of things. And, you know, we want to control everything around us so that we can feel that we're powerful. We don't want to feel powerless or helpless. In Bhagavad Gita 5, 8 through 9, Krishna says, A person in the divine consciousness, although engaged in seeing, seeing, hearing, touching, smelling, eating, moving about, sleeping and breathing, always knows within themselves that they actually do nothing at all. Because while speaking, evacuating, receiving, or opening or closing their eyes, they always know that the material senses are engaged with their objects and that they are aloof from them. So, In this way, Krishna is telling us that when we become self-realized, we realize that we're not the doer. We're just experiencing life. We're experiencing life in this particular body. And so the, the sooner we acknowledge that, the happier we become, the more joy and peace that we find. In the um, class by Srila Prabhupada on this particular verse that was given on November 30th, 1973 in L.A., Prabhupada says, we may be very powerful so long Krishna keeps us powerful. We are not independently powerful, even in the case of Arjuna. And that's true for, like, all of us. We're not powerful at all. We're only as powerful as we acknowledge Krishna's power within us. And in a way, that's really good, because imagine if you could totally control everything around you. How stressful would that be, right? Like, if you think about the president's job, right, he's got the the fate of the world in his hands, so to speak, because he has these important decisions to make. And even the president, when you talk to them after they've left office, they talk about how stressful that job is. Every move they make is scrutinized. Every decision they make is double-guessed, triple-guessed, right? Even they themselves have to, like, double-guess themselves. Like, did I make the right decision? Did I not? Am I going to hurt more people or harm them? Um, as a doctor, we go through that same type of, you know, doubt, I could say, decision, you know, the decision-making process. You know, we're often accused of playing God, right? And the reason we're accused of playing God is that God is the one that makes decisions. We just assist him by following, by acknowledging his power within us and doing his work, right? We do, by serving Krishna in our capacity, we're doing his work. So when we acknowledge that we're not the doer, we're not the controller, it can relieve so much stress because I just, I can barely manage my own day, my own activities, but if I had to, in addition, manage the weather and the traffic patterns and, you know, everyone, everything else around me, that would be so much more stressful because it's like, well, we need to have rain, but how much rain and exactly when and, you know, how to do it. And then we need 
people driving on the roads, but if you want just your way clear, then someone else will suffer and they'll have traffic. And if they're thinking that they can control, and if we're all trying to control these things to the best for our own benefit, not for everybody's benefit, then everybody suffers because there's constant conflict. So when we recognize and realize that there's only a few things that we can control, we can control our actions, our own particular actions, we can control our attitudes, we can very difficultly control our thoughts and our emotions. And the more we control our thoughts and our emotions, the better we become at controlling our actions and our attitudes. So that's really the biggest goal, is to try to control our thoughts and actions. In Srimad Bhagavatam 1.8.26, it said, My Lord, your lordship can easily be approached, but only by those who are materially exhausted. One who is on the path of material progress, trying to improve themselves with respectable parentage, great opulence, high education, bodily beauty, cannot approach you with sincere feeling. So as long as we're feeling very accomplished, very proud of what we're doing, we're not going to acknowledge Krishna's role in our lives, acknowledge his power within us that can help us become more powerful. And if we've expressed any kind of desire to have Krishna in our lives, he helps us become materially exhausted. He helps us to, you know, he gives us more challenges so that we turn to him more and more and realize that we are actually hopeless. I mean, helpless, not hopeless. We have, if we can have faith in Krishna, we have lots of hope. So then we realize that we're helpless, but not in a demeaning, you know, unempowered way. We are helpless in actually a very empowered way. When we recognize that Krishna has the power and we just have to surrender to him, then we actually become very empowered in that surrender because it allows us to do more, to not stress about the things that we can't have, we don't have control over, to feel at peace because we have surrendered to Krishna and we know that he's taking care of us. In Srimad Bhagavatam 7943, this is spoken by Prahlad Maharaj, he says, O best of the great personalities, I am not at all afraid of material existence, for wherever I stay, I am fully absorbed in thoughts of your glories and activities. My concern is only for the fools and rascals who are making elaborate plans for material happiness and maintaining their families, societies, and countries. I'm simply concerned with love for them. So he's expressing here that as long as we stay fully absorbed in Krishna, in thoughts of Krishna, and serving Krishna, and how to please Krishna, then there is no concern for our own personal well-being because Krishna will always take care of us. He'll always provide for us. And that's because he is our dear most friend, right? In the beginning of this verse from today, Krishna says, he's my dear most friend. I mean, not Krishna, Arjuna says, he's my dear most friend and well-wisher. And in Bhagavad Gita 9.18, Krishna confirms this. He says, I am the goal, the sustainer, the master, the witness, the abode, the refuge, and the most dear friend. So he's our most dear friend, and he's who we go to when we're seeking refuge, right? We're seeking protection. We're seeking that 
safety. So he provides that for us. So he sustains us. And when we realize that, it helps us to realize that we can be totally dependent on Krishna because he's our most dear friend and well-wisher. Krishna says in Bhagavad Gita 9.29, I envy no one, nor am I partial to anyone. I'm equal to all. But whoever renders service unto me in devotion is a friend, and I'm also a friend to them. So Krishna is, again, reiterating that he's our friend. He's going to be there for us, and we're his friend. He considers us his friend, and we can consider him our friend. There's the um, prayer, Hey, hey Krishna, Karuna, Sindhu, Dina, Bandhu, Jagatpate. What that means is, Oh, dear Krishna, you are the friend of the distressed and the source of creation. Right? We are distressed. We're in this material world, we're distressed. No matter how opulent or poor we're living, we're all distressed in some ways because we are under the material conditioning. Right? We're under the three modes of material nature. There's the duality, the good, the bad. There's the three forms of miseries. You know, there's so many things that affect us that can increase our distress. In Bhagavad Gita 5.29, Krishna says, A person in full consciousness of me, knowing me to be the ultimate beneficiary of all sacrifices and austerities, the supreme lord of all planets and demigods, the benefactor and well-wisher of all living entities, attains peace from the pangs of material miseries. So the sooner that we realize that Krishna is our friend and well-wisher, then we'll be, we'll find peace. So what does it mean to be a friend? You know, the definition of a friend is a person whom one knows and with whom one has a bond of mutual affection outside of family or romantic relations. There's a nice loving relationship there. You know, there's, um, some qualities that we look for in a friend. You know, if you think about what are some qualities that you look for in a friend? Loyalty. Helpful. Be there when you need them the most. Right? Some other qualities. Actually, there was a list compiled that showed that people, this is through a study survey, that if people have these 15 qualities in a friendship, it's considered to be really good lifelong friends, right? That they're trustworthy, supportive. They accept you as you are. They actively listen. They're emotionally available. Similar interests. They show up during tough times. They're reciprocal. That's actually an important one, that... What you give them is what they give you, and you feel that sometimes, yes, you may need their friendship more, and sometimes they need your friendship more, but there's that reciprocity at all times. It's not just one person giving and giving and giving, right? They have your best interest in mind. They don't just reach out when they need something, and yet they feel comfortable reaching out when they need something because there's that established level of friendship. They're loyal and they help you out no matter what. They understand your, when you say no, they don't pressure you. They understand that you're, um, 
holding up some boundaries and they honor your boundaries. They respect your differences and they make you feel safe. So if we look at these qualities in terms of our relationship to Krishna, well, Krishna is absolutely trustworthy. He's shown us over and over again that he will do anything for his devotees. Um, so then we have to think, how are we trustworthy to Krishna? Because we always have to have that reciprocity, right? He's not only our friend, but we are his friend. So in order to have a friendship, whether we have more relationship than that or the friendship is our relationship with Krishna, right? Even if we had, um, you know, the parental relationship with Krishna, uh, see him as our father, there's still some reciprocity there. There's a, an exchange of love, of loyalty, of trust, things like that. Um, even if we have a, a romantic, conjugal relationship with Krishna, there's still a friendship underlying that. For friends with Krishna, as Arjuna is with Krishna, so then we really see these qualities highlighted. And even as a servant, there still has to be trust and lo- loyalty. So in all of our relationships with Krishna, there is an underlying deep friendship that pervades through that. And when we say friendship, we mean this level of relationship that we just ex- we explained here. So Krishna is supportive, right? He supports us. He has our back. He's going to take care of us no matter what. So then we have to ask ourselves, how are we taking care of Krishna? How are we supporting him? Right? Because then we have to make sure we're reciprocating. He ex- accepts us as we are, and we can accept him as he is. Right? We know that he's the sweet, um, mischievous butter thief. He's also um, a very strong warrior and kills all the demons. He has sweet, loving relationships with the gopis. Right? There's so many different facets to Krishna, and we can accept all of them because that's part of our friendship with him. He's emotionally available. I mean, he's available to us 24-7. There's not a single moment that Krishna is not available to us. And similarly, we can be available to him at all times because he's with us at all times. We're with him at all times. Then we're always going to be available to each other. We just have to understand and accept that. And that helps us actually to feel that safety, that um, lack of, you know, we actually feel empowered and not powerless. You know, we have similar interests, you know, in terms of even if we look at, Krishna's always looking out for what's the best for us. And we... um have our interest in always serving Krishna. So if we have an interest of serving Krishna and he has an interest of looking out for us, doing, for us to do the best and helping us in whatever way he can, um, or whatever way he sees fit that would help us the most, we may not, you know, think that's the best because we don't have the bigger understanding. We haven't connected the dots yet. So he's always, you know, we have that similar interest. And then he also cares about our family and our activities, right? And we read and we learn about his activities and take interest in that as well. Krishna always shows up during tough times. We may not know it. We may not feel it. 
you know, sometimes we're not aware, but he's always there looking out for us. If we have expressed any kind of interest and we're going through some hardship, sometimes I think, man, how much tougher would my life be without Krishna? Because I know with Krishna in my life, things feel easier. They feel um, more doable. They, you know, that it's not as overwhelming. And yet there is still a sense of overwhelm and that am I able to do this and feeling of challenge. But I can imagine that without Krishna, it would be so much worse, so much more. So we can accept that he shows up during tough times and that we can show up during tough times too, you know, by being a friend to Krishna when he needs us. You know, what he needs us to do is kind of in the vein of what Prahlad Maharaj was saying in the verse that I quoted was, when we see people that are suffering, doing our best to be compassionate and help them through the tough times. And that helps, you know, show Krishna that we're helping through the tough times. Actually, we're talking about the reciprocity of our friendship with Krishna, with each and every quality. We've talked about how he has our best interest in mind. You know, Krishna actually doesn't reach out to us at all, even when he does need something. Because really, at the end of the day, he doesn't need anything but us, right? That's the only thing we have to give Krishna that he doesn't already have is our love, our friendship, our devotion. And we do have a tendency to only reach out to Krishna when we need something, right? Krishna, please rescue me from this situation. Krishna, please give me this. Please give me that. You know, please provide for me this. It it can be a little bit um, one-sided, right? I've heard Prabhupada say or read that he said, um, Krishna's not Santa Claus. You know, he's not our wish fulfiller. He's he's a friend. He's God. He's going to provide these things. We know already he's got our best interests in mind. He's going to support us. He's um, taking care of us. So we have no need to really ask him for anything. And yet, because we feel that we're in control, we're the doer, we feel we have to ask. He's going to give it to us. You know, if we are, um, for some people, we can relate to this in terms of, you know, our own parents providing us shelter. Or we can relate to it from the perspective of being parents and providing for our kids. You know, generally, our kids don't have to ask us, oh, please give me a house. Please provide me with a shelter, you know, to... Please provide me with food. Please provide me with clothes. We provide these things to our kids, and our parents provided them for us, hopefully. And I understand that some people um, struggled with that as they were raised. But in general, most parents do provide this without being asked. And in the same way, Krishna provides these things for us. Whatever we need, we don't need to ask for it. We just need to... Um, surrender ourselves to Krishna and understand that he's going to provide us with everything that we need. If we have, if we don't have something and we think, oh my God, I totally need that. Or why can't I have it? That person has a big mansion. Why am I living in this hut? Because Krishna realizes that all we needed was the hut and someone else may need the big mansion because that's what they needed to be able to, to turn to Krishna or um, maybe they're burning off karma and, at the end of that karma, they're still, you know, going to turn to Krishna in some way, form, or shape. 
And then also we can never understand what someone else is going through. So we may see someone driving a nice car or living in a nice house, but we don't know what their challenges are and how they're suffering. Just like they may not understand how we're suffering or what our challenges are. So we always have to understand that no matter what people's situation, you know, when it rains, it rains everywhere. It's not just raining on over one person's house or on one person's land. Or if there's a drought, you know, there's a drought everywhere. So we have to just understand that there's different, um, we're given different things according to what our needs are and where we are in life, right? So if we've said we're turning to Krishna and, you know, we're surrendering everything to Krishna, Krishna kind of strips away everything we don't need so that we can focus on him more. Again, remember, we can't connect the dots until we look back and see, oh, man, because this happened, this happened. You know, because I had this struggle, then I figured this out, and now I'm able to do this, and I'm really good at it. Um, and because of that, I'm able to use that skill to serve Krishna, right? So many times that can happen. Krishna is loyal, and he's going to help us out no matter what. He's our ultimate benefactor, our you know, well-wisher beyond all well-wishers. And when it comes to setting boundaries and understanding when we say no, of course Krishna's going to understand that. We have to come to the point where um, we don't want to say no to Krishna. We don't want to say no to service. We don't want to... Um, do any of that. And to get to that place, really, in some ways, we say no because we have material obligations. We have other um, things that vie for our attention. And when you say yes to something, you're, you're automatically saying no to something else because we don't have the bandwidth to do everything. So we have to make decisions. What are we going to do? And if we make these decisions in terms of what will strengthen my relationship, my friendship with Krishna and say no to the things that will take away from those relation, that relationship to Krishna, then we can really um, set really good, clear boundaries because our goal is to deepen our friendship with Krishna and to really understand who we are in relation to him. And then... Um, Respect our differences. Of course, Krishna respects all of our differences. He appreciates our uniqueness. And really, the way we can serve him with our uniqueness is doing the things that we can uniquely do for him. You know, whatever skills, talents that he has blessed us with, we can give back by serving him with those skills and talents. And then he makes us feel safe. We just have to feel it. He's always keeping us safe and protected, right? If we look at um, the picture of Narsingadev, yeah, even while he's angry and eviscerating Hiranyakashipu, Prahlad Maharaj feels so safe and protected that he, he feels safe enough to go up to Krishna in this angry Narsingadev form and pacify him, right? And only he could because of his love. So there's, again, that reciprocity between Krishna and his devotee. So we have to understand over and over again that it's it's both ways. You know, Krishna is our friend and our well-wisher. 
So we have to strive to become Krishna's friend and his well-wisher. And how do we do that? How do we deepen a friendship? How do we achieve all of these things, you know, these 15 qualities within a friendship? We spend time with people. We get to know them, right? We um, do things together, right? That's why it's important to have similar interests so that we can enjoy being together, doing things that we like. And for us to spend time with Krishna, the best way is to chant the Maha Mantra, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare, in mantra meditation or japa. Because when we chant the holy names, Krishna is present. Krishna is non-different than his holy name. So when we chant the Hare Krishna Maha Mantra, Krishna is there with us. So we, you know, I've said this before, but we can schedule time to spend with him, right? Sometimes we're so busy that, you know, I know like my best friend, she lives in New York, and we um, text each other all the time. But we always like check with each other. Hey, is this a good time to call? Let's call at this time because we both know we're free and we can give each other the attention. You know, if we didn't do that, then we may not, we may go a long time without talking to each other because we're so busy and caught up in our lives um, same thing with friends that we see, you know, in person. We have to say, we have to carve out time to really spend time with them, right? We might say, let's go to lunch. Let's go grab, I mean, we don't drink coffee, but we might say, let's go grab, you know, a drink or let's go for a walk. And when I say drink, maybe like tea, water, things like that, right? So usually we use coffee as that term of like hanging out, but not really at a meal. So, you know, let's go grab coffee doesn't necessarily mean coffee. It just means let's go and hang out and do something. But we schedule those things. We don't expect, oh, it's spontaneously. And sometimes it spontaneously happens. But we know that if in order to really spend time with two people that are busy, we have to schedule it. So we can schedule our job at time. And, you know, in an intimate relationship like with your partner, you may schedule little stolen moments throughout the day, right? Like in the morning, you may have five, ten minutes to, you know, sit down, breakfast with your significant other. Um, during the day, you may make a phone call. You know, there's like small moments of time that you have for each other. And it's the same thing sometimes if we're really busy, you know, it may be hard to to spend an hour and a half in japa mantra meditation all together in a row, but we can do, you know, 15 minutes, chant a couple rounds here, chant a couple rounds there. But when we're doing that, really making sure that we've carved out the space and the time and our mental energy to really chant and not do it in a hurried or rushed way. And so we can spend time with Krishna all throughout the day, anytime, because he's always with us. Unlike any other friendships that we have in this material world, any other relationships that we have in this material world, we're not always together 24-7, right? Right now, my mother is in Fort Worth, and I'm here. My sister is, you know, living a few blocks away, so but she's over there, and I'm here, right? So we're separated. We're not together 100% of the time. But with Krishna, it's different. He's with us 100% of the time, at all times, 24-7, 365 days a year. 
And all we have to do is spend a little bit of time understanding and acknowledging that by chanting Japa. So whether it's late at night, early in the morning, middle of the afternoon, all we have to do is chant and we are spending time with him. We're deepening our relationship with him. We're reciprocating our friendship, his friendship to us with him. So I'll end there and ask if there are any questions. Then, Dharantara Srimad Bhagavatam ki